everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that holds a mirror up to society and says, Hey, society, do you like this mirror I got? <laughs> I don't understand it. Great. <laughs> it's a good sign. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And today we're going to talk about basketball. We are. But before we do, okay. it's episode two when I already have corrections to make. Oh, from oh, oh, oh. One. wow, okay. Um, I said it was grabhim.org that I got. Dot org. Dot org slash dot org. Mm -hmm. That was incorrect. Okay. It was grabhim.net. Okay. Uh, Grabhim with a net. Gra <laughs> That's the key is what I'm telling you. That web, well, it might as well have said that because it is a disgusting site. I only read the study. Mm. I didn't read any of the rest of the article. It is a gross website. It's about like how to date a guy and get him into bed and oh, I so, so I actually checked the site out after after we did the show and uh, I saw that they were selling copies of how to top like a porn star, how to bottom like a porn star, how to bottom like a porn star, like just get rammed, right? I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's it's I I think the study's legit. Because they did, like, an online survey of thousands of men, but it's still a gross sight. Okay, now we can talk about baseball. Oh, that was it. There was basketball. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> there, was, there, was, um, there was only one correction? There's all, yeah. I'm really impressed. Thank you. I don't know why I thought I could get away with uh, not knowing the source of my information when talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of a dick about that. <laughs> Cite your source. <laughs> um, but but fair. Yeah, now we're talking about basketball. Okay. For any gays that are listening, before you tune away, it's not real. I mean, it's about like the people behind basketball. There, I I was doing research for this, and I if the other one was about me being angry, this one I was sad. Oh, okay. So, okay. Good. Looking forward to that. So we are recording this the day after the NCAA championship game, which was between the Gonzaga team, <laughs> the Gonzaga Bulldogs, yep. and the North Carolina, North Carolina team. Team. Yeah. I actually don't know the answer. <laughs> North Carolina, North Carolinians. I know that. Um, I know that Gonzaga had to play against the Gamecocks in the in the semifinal before that, and I was kind of sad that they ended up not making it because <laughs> the Gamecocks didn't make it. Because we have how many times do we have to say Gamecock? <laughs> we they didn't even play, and we've already said it like three times. Right, so. exactly, exactly. The, their name is that good. But I know. Well, we were supposed to watch it, and then that we didn't really do that. But it played in the background, and North Carolina won. So good job, that team. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and, of course, we're filming this in Washington State, so there's a little bit of sadness about... I used to live in Spokane, and uh, I definitely thought it would be nice to say a city I once lived in's team <laughs> I didn't go to the school of won something. I don't... This is something about sports that I don't understand. When I was in college, I went to, I went to school in Texas, hmm. which... You know, obviously, like, football is, like, the big thing. Texas um, and Austin, right? Yeah, in Austin, yeah. And I went to all the games my freshman, sophomore, and junior year until I was like, I don't like this. I don't care about this. Why am I going to this? And it was, like, you know, freedom, like a release um, that I was just like, I'm not going to go. But I still wanted them to win only because my friends would be happy if they won and we'd get <laughs> to go out and have fun. And they'd be sad when we lost and then not do anything. 
I don't get that level of connection to a sports team to where it makes you personally sad when a team loses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. People just root for the professional sports team of the city that they live nearest. <laughs> like, like, what is your connection? You don't know the players. You might not even live in the city. Like, back home in eastern Washington, everybody's a Seahawks fan. Everybody's a Mariners fan. Those are Seattle teams. But, like, when the shit hits the fan, you don't live there, <laughs> right? Like, and... It it is the sort of shameful affront to my masculinity that I don't care and can't seem to make myself care, and I think that's something we should talk about. Yeah. You know the the stereotype that's involved there. I definitely fit the stereotype. The gays don't like football. Gays don't like basketball. Gays don't like sports. Yeah, it, it's certainly true for me. Maybe it's like when. I finish watching a season of a show that I like on Netflix and then I that show is over for me. I don't have any more episodes to watch. I get really sad. Maybe that's the same thing. Maybe it's like that level of like, well, what am I going to watch now all day? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a little different than um, they lost. That's the closest I can get to relating to caring about something that is not yourself. Or like in Game of Thrones when something really shitty happens and you're like, oh my god, no. You just killed off so Igor. So, yeah, Igor. I don't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, you should. <laughs> the only person. You really should. In the world. It's super good. But there's an emotional connection there that really has nothing to do with reality. Like, it can be genuinely sad when a character dies. Or yeah. or when in Parks and Rec, when Leslie and Ben got married, I cried. No, 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 no. That was fine. But when uh, uh, Andy and April got married, I cried during that episode. There were multiple weddings? There were multiple weddings, yeah. See, I didn't watch Parks and Rec, which you keep saying I should watch it. Yeah. Like, I know that a lot of people like it. This is our podcast about TV shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back to basketball. <laughs> um, I kind of fit this stereotype, but I kind of don't. Like, I don't care about sports. I don't watch them. Um, but I also think that I play that up in myself when, it's, when I'm around people because it's easier. Like, I actually understand everything there is to understand or most you know there is to understand about the rules of the game it's you know some gays are like I went to a football game and I didn't get what's happening like I know what's happening I get the rules I can watch a game and understand it same so it's not that I don't get it it's just that I don't care right yeah um, and then I, and I think the way I talk about it is actually makes people think that I am more uh, <laughs> more gay or the gay stereotype than I really am yeah yeah no that makes sense People are also surprised when I'm actually good at sports. Like, I'm, I'm... You are, and it's weird. I'm just naturally, like... I'm not great, but I'm naturally okay at it. So, when I, like, do a sport and people are like, you did that sport thing good. Um, but <laughs> listen to me, I'm still good at talking. Like, you know, like, I know how to talk it, but it's just funnier when I... Um, you know, like, oh, you, I played in a soccer game where you get in a bubble and run around and kick the ball and I was like really competitive and like scored several goals and everyone was like oh I never expected that like yeah because I talk about not caring about soccer but that doesn't mean I don't know how to play and that I'm not good at it yeah yeah even things like video games you are not a video gamer but you're like way better than average at just picking them up there's something about your the your proprioception power vocab word of the day i guess what that's you... knowing what your body is doing like where it exists in space and having a good sense of hand eye body coordination i didn't tell you last night i got proprioceptive <laughs> hard 
Oh. He knew where my body was. No, oh. that's was it. Was that when we were at the bar? <laughs> While we were at the bar. When I went to the bathroom? Oh. No, okay. that's not true. I've never had sex in the bathroom. So basketball. No, the, the pause was me trying to think if I ever had sex in a bathroom. <laughs> um, can I tell you... Well, this is not about basketball specifically, but I did some research on sports statistics. You're batting a thousand. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, there's a study done called Out in the Fields. They studied over 9,000 people internationally, mostly English-speaking uh, countries. In the survey, only 1% of people said LGB. They only did sexual orientation, not transgender. Um, uh, 1% of LGB people said they were completely accepted in sporting culture. Hmm. Which is, that's surprising me. Like, you know, I imagine that sports are a harder place for LGBT people, um, but to have only 1% say that they were completely accepted, that blew my mind. Is it, are these out people? You're asking me about data again. I didn't write <laughs> down. I don't know. I mean, the things I'd be curious to know are, is it, are they, are they out they're clearly out because they identified themselves as LGB out, for for the for the survey. Out enough on the survey, but out to their team, mm. to their community. I, I think that that would change a little bit. There was data about people coming out, and I didn't write that down. So if you're interested, yeah, you can go to it's, the study was out on the fields. We're <laughs> not grabhim.net. Not grabhim.net. Um, if you want to top like a porn star, go to grabhim.net. So th- then I looked at some of the. U.S. specific data that stood out to me, and um, the the survey respondents uh, over indexed for gay people. Like most people that replied were gay or lesbian, but eighty four percent of the people either experienced or witnessed homophobia, and then more than fifty percent of the gay or lesbian people said they were personally targeted by homophobia, meaning language or actual violence. Half, more than half the people playing sports are targeted for being gay or lesbian. Yeah. I believe it. I really do. Because I, I bet they're counting incidental homophobia, right? Like, What's incidental homophobia? So there was that whole thing that happened when people, like kids especially, started saying everything was gay. Oh, that's mm-hmm. gay. This is mm-hmm. gay. That's gay. And luckily, I think that we've mostly extinguished that. I don't really hear that that often anymore. But it wasn't necessarily intentionally anti homosexual it wasn't anti-lgbt that wasn't the intention at all they sort of co-opted this word to mean something completely different in a negative connotation but i get what you're saying they're not thinking wow i totally hate gay people and i'm gonna but there is still homophobic yeah it's still still unacceptable so yeah this does include i mean that some of the things i asked about when you know being called gay faggot dyke so I, this might be a whole separate podcast, and I would support that, but I was wondering if we were going to use the word faggot or not. Oh. As I, I think it's really important to, when we're talking about, especially like these kinds of issues, because I've heard that word a lot in sports contexts, mm. right? I also volunteer for my fraternity, which is it's a whole separate category of heteronormative macho male alpha culture, but I was... Wondering, are we gonna are we gonna let that word fly on our podcast? Well, we already did because last episode I said it. You did? Yep. You slid it under the radar. Wow. Can, ooh, I mean, I did ooh. the editing, so I heard it. But speaking of editing, can you just do a replay of it right now? Oh, oh, it'll go right here. 
You know, they don't, they don't know yet. They're like, don't, just don't. Just you're 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 gay, queer, fag. Those are all equally acceptable. Okay. If I figure out how to do it, yeah. <laughs> so right. we didn't hear it. I didn't figure out how to do that. <laughs> I bet you did it. I bet you did it. Oh, thanks, Mike. And I'm sure that you're right. Because you know what say what you said and what came out of your mouth, and you listened to us way more than I did editing it. Which thank you for yeah, editing. Sure. Sorry to everyone who has ears and has to listen to the low quality of last one. <laughs> oh my goodness! So corrections maybe should have included not having the mic on the table that we were talking uh, about. Right. And, and you probably heard uh, me drinking wine because I sure heard you <laughs> drinking wine. <laughs> I guess I'm not too embarrassed. That's fine. You can know that I'm drinking wine. My dog got a squeaky toy, yeah, yeah. and I was trying to talk and take it away from him at the same time. <laughs> um, the F word. Oh, right, right. I, I mean, so I have a lot of words that I won't use. I am a strong... I like using the word faggot. Hmm. I think that is a word that I get to use. Um, I don't think other non-gay people or non-queer people can use that word. Just like there are lots of words that I can't use... Because I don't belong to that group, and being gay, you know, I'm a part of that group, so I, I get to make that choice if I want to use it. That's really interesting. I've used that word before, and I've had people use that word around me casually before, and I don't know what happened. It might be the circles that I run in, or the fact that this is Seattle. I, I, this, I don't know what this, the roots of this are, but to me, it became the N word, hmm. and I'm in this box that that's just not a word that anybody should use and it makes me uncomfortable when black people use that word even with each other hmm. it, and and it's it's kind of become that for me the word the word fag or faggot has become how about just we nobody say it well i mean to me people especially kids growing up hear the word faggot yelled at them so much mm -hmm. i was lucky enough i never I had that experience once, but it, you know, that did not get bullied growing up. So I'm pretty lucky, but people, I know people have that experience. Mm -hmm. So if there's someone there saying that same word, but using it in a positive way, well, I guess that's not me. Cause I just talked about it <laughs> being yelled at in sports, but if we can say like, Hey fags, what's up? And we're welcoming a person with that word and saying you're included by using that word. Maybe that offers them a different viewpoint that says, Hey, you're gay, and that's a good thing. So if you're getting called a fag, you are, you are one, and, and and welcome, and we love you. Take the power back. Yeah. Take back the night. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Okay. So uh, something that that it, this data, what it struck me with is people just say people start to assume. Oh, you know, it's so accepted to be gay nowadays. Um, you, there's same-sex marriage laws and, you know, public opinion more in support of gay people than it ever has been. But I think what people forget is those blanket numbers don't apply to every pocket. And there are pockets like what I'm learning, the sports community, that is actually really homophobic and makes it really hard to come out. As support for gay marriage approaches 60-40, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, it's won, right? We won, we won the war. You have to remember... If you line 10 people up in a row, four of them hate gay marriage, right? <laughs> they, they do not support it. Right. It weirds them out and they think it's icky. So it's easy to somehow look at a majority number and think, ah, oh, well, that means everybody's on board now. Yeah. And it's, it's not true. Yeah. And it's even less true in this context, I guess. Yeah. You're finding. Yes. That's what it seems like just uh, based on what I was looking up. 
Mm-hmm. And not to mention, you know, we're talking lesbian and gay, but, you know, transgender, of course, still has a ways to go as well. So, yeah. Um, so that wasn't the sad part. Do you want to hear the more? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, well, so, so let me tell you a story. Okay. So when I was starting to do uh, some research on just LGBT people in basketball, I looked up um, LGBT basketball players, which is a Wikipedia page, um, meaning NBA, WNBA, NCAA, like ba- any basketball players, there were 26 people listed. Yeah. It, professional only or professional and college? No, no, the guy in college was on there too. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna have a rule. I'm gonna limit you to like maybe three questions total. <laughs> I just save them up and use them when I really yes. want to. Know. And we're like, maybe I'll come up with a hand sign so when you start to go down a route that I don't have an answer for, you can like. I'll totally call you out though. I'll be like, how's <laughs> call you, call doing that thing? I have a hand signal on my own if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason Collins comes to mind. So that's interesting. I yes, he. Uh, wait, do you know what about him? That he's gay. That's and true. Out. That's true. And plays basketball. That's true. He was the first openly gay player in NBA history to like to be out while he was playing. Yep. Uh, and that was just in 2013. Yep. And he didn't last that long, right? No, he was near the end of his career. You know, it wasn't that he was worried about getting into it or like he was already kind of there. So. Um, and actually, since then, there hasn't been any more out players in the NBA, in the NBA, or the NFL. Um, so he uh, he was in some places cited as the first out person in any of the big four. You know, what is it? NBA, uh, NFL, MLB, MLB, and the hockey and NHL. Yeah. Okay. Um, then there's another. All those letters we just threw just, out there. So much, <laughs> much things happening left and right over here. Um, there was there was actually a story that I think is really interesting, but I didn't get into about someone who came out like he was out in baseball like 30, 40 years ago. Oh, person really? of color that um, was so out and it just didn't get reported on, and he was just saying people were like, "We can't write about this." Well, it's not like Stonewall happened and suddenly all of the gay people sprung from the earth, right? Like <laughs> b- before we entered mainstream dialogue, there were all these weird euphemistic ways to talk about gay people if it was talked about at all. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's a perennial bachelor, or yeah, uh, he's really serious about his career, or I mean, there were there were ways to to talk about it without talking about it and it, so I'm not that surprised I guess to learn that there would be somebody who was for all intents and purposes out but that just wasn't discussed you can't talk about yeah. that back then yeah um, so uh, Jason Bell was in 2013 yep so kind of going backwards in time then actually in 2011 that's when the NBA first um, instituted their non-discrimination policies so um, and th- then they actually started finding people who would use slurs in uh, the court in the locker room so all of this feels so recent to me yeah well, uh, and the 2011 thing when they changed the non-discrimination policy I forget if it was controversial or not I bet it was mm-hmm. it seems like every time one of these things pops up in the context of professional sports there's some controversy or at the very least some person unintentionally bigoted or intentionally bigoted person has some sort of meltdown about it and it's funny because like it took two years for that discrimination policy change to matter Mm. vis-a-vis jason collins Mm -hmm. here so the freak out they're bitching about a policy change that has at least initially no impact 
Well, they can't right. call anyone gay anymore. Right. Oh, God, their rights are just being taken away from them. <laughs> it's a hard life not being able to call someone gay. Right. Um, yeah, fucking deal with it. Yeah. Just, just, there's so many words you can use to call someone a dumb person. Yeah. Just be better at insults. But, <laughs> That's a good lesson out of all of it. <laughs> be better at insulting someone. Yeah. If you're going to be mean, use bigger words. Yeah. I, I, so, do you have any example? Do you, do we do we want to give any examples of better word insults to call someone? Yes. Okay. Uh, throw out an insult, and I will first thing off the top of my head that's better than that. I'll say it. <laughs> Douche novel. You are uncoordinated and unpleasant. <laughs> I, that was the most pleasant insult <laughs> I've ever received. <laughs> I kind of liked it. <laughs> Um, you're a turd nugget. You likely smell terrible on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) That one was more sad. (laughs) You, your penis is stupid. You should not be allowed to see it. (laughs) (laughs) fair I can tell (laughs) can tell without seeing it that your penis is stupid um (laughs) fuck you (laughs) there we go there we go just stick to go good old classic fuck you yeah um no don't be mean to people that's the don't be mean to people so the politically correct culture thing like it's ruining America the secret of being politically correct as far as I can tell is just not be an asshole just don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's a pretty good rule for life. Yeah. It's just like what your mom should have taught you if you... Or or dads. Yeah. Or moms. Or moms. Or grandmother. Whatever or your familial parents. unit may have been. <laughs> All right. Um, so, going backwards in time more. Um, so, who I actually wanted to talk about is John Amachi, um, who was actually the first NBA player to come out, but he came out after he was retired. So that's why a lot of people think of Jason Collins first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was in 2007 that he came out when he released his memoir. Okay. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story of John Amachi. Okay. Um, so he, and if you're worried, it's not that much basketball. It's mostly like about a dude. So, um, so he says that he, a lot of this was written like, first person for an interview that he did for the Guardian. Um, so he says that he uh, realized he was gay when he was nine, which even that, like, to me, that's, like, pretty young. Yeah. Um, he said at the time he wrestled with body issues, and he still does wrestle with body issues, and I think that's really interesting. When you think of a guy that plays basketball in a 6'10", you don't think of someone that wrestles with body image issues. So I think that, to me, is, like, one of those traits that we assign to women that I wish there, or, or, and gay men, I think gay men get that as well, but it's rising among straight men. And I think just the ability to recognize that that's an issue, not just for women, um, is an important one. Um, uh, you know, men do have some of those same influences and it's, you know, I can imagine people talking about that getting called gay because of that but straight men have to wrestle with body issues as well yeah was he maybe 6'10 and hung like a circus midget or something like that wasn't in the article he surprisingly did not <laughs> mention that 
Um, he he's he's a he's a big dude. By the way, when I played basketball, I hated when people called me big guy. That was at what everyone called like I was the center, mm-hmm. and everyone said, "Hey, big man, fuck you, you're big." I'm <laughs> dainty. I'm not dainty. You can't see me. I'm not dainty. But like, uh, you're I just, like what six four, six two and a half. I believe that. I believe that. This happens to my brother also, actually. My middle brother is quite tall, and people will argue with him about how tall he is. Mm. Like, you've got to be 6'3", six, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, He's like, nope. I, I literally I, just had an argument two days ago with someone about how tall I was. Yeah. So you are, yep. They're like, no, you're at least 6'4". I was like, every time I go to the doctor, I measure. I don't know why I cared so much, but it was like, I know exactly how tall I am. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're tall, everyone assumes that you play basketball, which is an annoying thing. But you did. I did for for like two years in junior high, and I made the junior high team even though I sucked because I'm tall. Mm. And then I sucked, and like I hated it so much. And then finally, there was like a progression of my relationship to sports. And after junior high, I gave myself permission not to play anymore because I hated sports. It's like why am I doing this just because everyone thinks I'm supposed to play sports? And then I was in band. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, when he was 17, um, he was approached by a scout in Manchester. He grew up in England. Um, and at that point, he had never touched a basketball. Wow. So a scout was probably just like, you're a tall fella. Yeah. Like, do you play basketball? And he was like, no. So he actually started playing. And I thought this is a really interesting quote. He said, for the first time in my life, I did not feel like a freak. I began to watch NBA matches on late night TV. That was where I wanted to be. And that's, to me, the, um, you know, why it's so important that people are not assholes, Mm -hmm. that people accept someone no matter what, is because here's this gay kid that didn't feel like he fit in, talked about how he kind of was reclusive and studied a lot, and he found something that made him feel, feel good and feel like he belonged, and then go on to, you know, event, spoiler, he played for the NBA, already said that before, but where he there's so much homophobia. Yeah. So it's like this one place where you feel like you belong. Now you don't belong anymore, which is really shitty. And how interesting too, if you are gay and you don't feel like you fit in, you feel like you don't have a community, but the community that is there, there are all of these gay stereotypes. None of them are that you play basketball. So you've discovered this about yourself and then find something that actually really is compelling to you. And it is not on the list of things that it's okay to do when you are gay. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's really cool that people like him or Jason Collins come out to show that, you know, they're all different types of gay people. I just didn't realize how much when I was looking this up, like, how little gay representation there is yeah. in, in basketball and in sports. Yeah, yeah. It's like a vacuum that just has not progressed yeah, like the rest for, of the nation. Except in swimming. Like there's a Greg Luganus and Tom Daly and, and all of those those gay boys that are swimmers and divers that that's apparently all right and um, Is it like gay in the water in certain cities I think absolutely yeah. San Francisco yeah gay they, they yeah they sell it to you on the street corner here in Seattle gay, gay. yeah gay everywhere gay, gay rains from the sky that's why. Well, and we have rainbow-colored crosswalks, which that just makes That's all true. the kids gay. That's true. You just step foot on that, and it just, like, hits your bones like a dildo. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, bones. Actually, so you know who Will Chamberlain is? He's a basketball player that's tall. Was a basketball player. Very, Ooh. very tall. Uh, he, I mean, no longer a basketball player. I don't know if he's oh, dead he's, or not. Oh, okay. I think he's alive. Good for him. But he had this... Um, 
reputation as being just a filthy, filthy womanizer. Mm-hmm. Like several times it's been written about his prowess and that he had sex with like 20,000 women or something really just ridiculous because he was a basketball player. I've wondered before if that whole thing was to cover up that he was gay. Like, what better way to throw people off the trail than to repeat that they're a womanizer over and over again? Then nobody would have expected it. Yeah. A lot of times when a, like, closeted, usually Republican gets outed, they have this long history of being against LGBT. And, you know, part of me, a big part of me hates that. Part A little part of me feels bad for them that they have such self-hatred and probably grew up in a place. Like, I mean, it's hard to feel bad for someone who's fighting against anyone's rights, regardless of their own. But, you know, a little part of me is like, that sucks that we live in a place where... See, this one is sad. This is oh, this is really sad. Um, yeah, are you sure we still want to be categorized as comedy? Maybe <laughs> move our category into sadness. It, was there a category that was crushing depression? <laughs> it was just the emoticon of like a crying face. Um, okay, so he said that um, he and his mom. So when he he was seventeen, started playing basketball, and he and his mom came up with what he kept calling the plan, capital T, capital P, of like how he's going to get into the NBA. I just thought calling it the plan was like really ominous and scary. It was like yeah. the master cleanser. I don't know something that sounded really like a weird thing. Yeah, the master plan. Yeah, the, yeah. Is that what it was called? The final solution. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I don't think. It was a good thing that he had a plan, so not. But it was just like really creepy that he kept saying, "And I followed the plan." And it was like it seemed like cultish. Um, he got a basketball scholarship to Penn University, so like started playing when he was seventeen, and then you know got a scholarship. <laughs> In the article, it like it was telling about his stats for Penn University, and it said rebounds. Uh, quote, a defensive move that secures the ball from opponents off the backboard. <laughs> like, I appreciate that definition of the word rebound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give me a little credit. <laughs> Guardian, the Guardian article. Like, it, it did that a lot. Um, his mom died in 1994. Um, mm-hmm. So in 1995, he didn't get drafted uh, into the NBA. He said that, um, and I thought this was interesting that it came up again. He said, I can't, became complacent and began eating too much. So that's just another example of, you know, like that, what I am assigning as like that body image of yeah. you know, eating too much is why he didn't get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, I can see like after your mom dies that. Who doesn't want a bag of Cheetos after a death? Yeah, or just on an afternoon. <laughs> um, so, uh, but actually later that season, the Cavaliers signed him. Um, so that was really awesome. He got into the NBA, but they didn't re-sign him the following season. So he spent three years playing in Europe. Um, and then in 1999, when he was 29, which I don't know what the average age is, but for me, 29 feels old to be like really getting into your career in sports. Because I just imagine the younger you are, the better you know odds you have um but so when he was 29 he got a four-year 10 million dollar deal with the orlando magic he played for the utah jazz in 2001 so you know that's when he made it into the nba uh, he but he said he didn't he was discreet but he didn't hide it mm. he didn't have fake girlfriends or a fake wife or you know he would go out to gay clubs which i that's a bold move for any NBA yeah. player i would imagine um and he said that one time uh one of his teammates said you gay dude and he said you have nothing to worry about oh 
Which I like that response. Yeah, I do too. Because it's like, it does. it's not a yes, it's not a no. It's just like, it's none of your business. It's like those people that say, I'm fine with gay people as long as they don't fucking hit on me. And you're like, first of all, don't flatter yourself. Exactly. <laughs> like, who... <laughs> Are there dudes just walk around wondering if ladies are going to be hitting on them? Like, you, right. you know, like, you don't worry about, like, walking down the street and chicks just hitting on you left and right. What makes you think that a gay dude, just because they're gay, is going to be like, a dude and a penis, yeah. get that! Yeah. It was interesting. So he had not come out yet, but in an interview in 2002, um, he said... If you look at our league, minorities aren't very well represented. There's hardly any Hispanic players, no Asian Americans, so there's no openly gay. So that there's no openly gay players is no real surprise. It would be like an alien dropping down from space. There'd be fear, then panic. They just wouldn't know how to handle it. Hmm. Which is an interesting characterization of the NBA as it's not something people would know how to deal with. It's that yeah. kind of conf- or was one of the things that led me to say, like, this is a space that is not accepting of... Granted, that was 15 years ago, but... Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's that much different anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah. So then he... So in 2007, he wrote his memoir, which is called Man in the Middle. You want to learn more about him. Um, but he comes out in his memoir, and there was a controversy with Tim Hardaway, where he kind of went on this big rant, essentially, that was like, I don't like gay people. He said he wouldn't want a gay person on his team, and if he was, he would distance himself... Uh, you know, be worried about when we're in the locker room. You worried about people not being able to concentrate. Really? Great. Like, what? Are you really? We're on the court, like scanning for the gays. Right. Yeah. And like, if a gay appears, <laughs> you can't pass. Like, is that <laughs> your, your hands go limp? <laughs> be a better basketball player. Yeah. People sit behind the basket and wave those wavily things, like pom poms. <laughs> no, like you know, like I don't know, just they have like those, like, they, like yeah, those inflated. I don't know, they got a lot of shit that people wave at stuff. Yeah, <laughs> shows how much I watch basketball. <laughs> um, you know what? In all contexts, people have a lot of shit that they just wave at stuff. <laughs> I'd say on a day to day basis, most people wave at least one thing at shit yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Uh, it, I, I was wondering if Tim Hardaway, sometimes exposure therapy, like you just got to face something that is the worst example of something, mm. and then you get over it. Mm. He did later apologize. For that. Oh. Oh. Um, so that was, you know, shitty thing to say, but then the fact that he came around is, is cool. Yeah. Um, It'd just be great to give him like one of those little, like... Go team pats on the butt <laughs> and then say, Oh, yeah, just to fuck with him. The, the reason I bring that up so uh, you know, sucks that he said that. Great thing came around. He, uh, what John said is that he had death threats after what Hardaway said, and this was terrible. This is one of the sad parts. I've been saving the written ones in the event that I'm murdered. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, to think that someone has to, like, receive a, a hate letter, a death threat, and then think to themselves, wow, I wonder if this is going to be the person that murders me. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> We're going to have to watch an episode of Parks and Rec after this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pat my dog or something. <laughs> um, drink. Oh, I'll drink more rosé. Hold on. Yeah. Get some, some power juice. 
Some some summer water. Summer water. I, rose all day. That that's all I say. <laughs> I really liked. Okay, this will this will be the uplifting side of it. Like, so he mentioned <laughs> professional sports are homoerotic already, <laughs> which I love that he said. He was like, "You're changing in a locker room around dudes. Like, it's homoerotic." And then I like that he followed it with this, like, "But you should be able to tell the difference when you're at work, when you're doing recreation, and." when it's a romantic environment. And I thought that was a perfect way to say, like, the reason that we both think don't flatter yourself, it's like, I recognize a romantic situation and a stranger on the street and a work environment and a classroom environment. I'm not so blind as a person to think I just go hit on any dude that I want whenever just because I'm gay. Totally. And to think that gay people, like, to think that a gay person's not going to understand that, like, Oh, maybe while we're playing basketball is not the time to try to go fuck that teammate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen that porn though. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Can you rebound this ass? <laughs> Bounce a quarter off it. <laughs> uh, so something uh, LeBron James said: uh, With teammates, you have to be trustworthy. And if you're gay and you're not admitting that you are, then you are not trustworthy. That's great. That's really great. No. No, that's bad. Why is that bad? No, so what I took away from that is, if you're going to be on a team, you have to be trustworthy. Yeah. You have to be a, you have to be a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. If you're gay and not out, you're not trustworthy. That coming out and being who you are is the trustworthy thing to do. Okay. That, that a team should encourage everybody to be who they actually are because there's no other way to have a genuine relationship. Huh. Am I missing something? No, I just took that completely different. This I actually did not like that at all. Um, it's really interesting that you got a... Po- I see what you're saying. I see why you had a positive. To me, I didn't like that because it's like, does someone really have to be out to you to be a valued team member? Like, that feels like... Again, like, that's a personal decision that you can decide, like... Do you have to be out to be a good basketball player? Do you have to be out to be a good and respectful teammate? So to say that people that are in the closet aren't good teammates, I didn't like that. Yeah, okay. So I'll end with this. Uh, John Manchi said, If I am always known as John Manchi, the first NBA player to come out as gay, that would be frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that's a lot of gay people, even me, who like now have a podcast where I talk about being gay, have this weird mixture of it's really important to my identity and also there's a lot of other things that there are about me. So when one identity gets to be your label, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Especially when there's other things to do. So I will tell you that um, a few other things that about him. So he um, came out of retirement uh, to play with England in the Commonwealth Games, which I didn't know what that was, but a bunch of it's something like a bunch of countries that used to be ruled by the British all play against each other. They, I mean, the Queen of England is still their queen. The Commonwealth Nations. Yeah. I knew that before right now, for sure. <laughs> that's for darn sure. Well, that's why Canada had her on their money, and I think they still do have her on their coins. Is she the loony? <laughs> I mean, she's... She... <laughs> She, she's 91, it's possible. <laughs> she's the toonie. Okay, um, and they won hit, uh, They won the bronze medal. Um, so he was a bronze medal winner. Um, he's a consultant. Uh, he is a psychologist. 
Um, he has his honorary PhD. Uh, he occasionally is a commentator on ESPN Radio, and he founded the ABC Foundation to help uh, people, uh, youth in the UK, get involved in sports. So that's really great. Really, it seems like really cool, well-rounded person. That's a nice CV. Yeah, that I will write his resume for him if needed. <laughs> Um, alright so now we'll take a little break let's take a little break and when we come back we'll wrap up basketball and we'll do the gayest and straightest this week perfect we're back we're back we're back Mike the last thing I was going to tell you yeah about basketball it's actually about the WNBA do you promise it's the last thing I don't know (laughs) you don't know how much more basketball you can do no just WNBA and I'm out (laughs) um so the men's sports people, teams, arenas did not seem too promising, but um, the WNBA, I couldn't find like a, there are this many, you know, lesbian players, but there are at least, I know, six out lesbians um, because they were covered in a, a story for Curve Mag um, when they did an LGBT marketing campaign. So like already, even though that seems like a small number, that's already more than any of the male. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, totally. Six is much greater than zero. Yeah, um, still. Yeah. Um, and I was going to leave on an uplifting note because I saw a story about Brittany Griner, who is a, a WNBA player, um, was engaged to another NBA player. Hmm. But then I read more and they were arrested because they assaulted each other and then they got married then one of them had twins and they got divorced so that story got less uplifting the more I looked into it It, wow (laughs) Uh, it went downhill quickly of all of our episodes this is the saddest that's true it's also the most basketball-ish and the most number of times that we said faggot (laughs) yeah okay I'm down with that a lot of things a lot of things about this one uh, that's all there is about basketball. So let's move on then to what's going to be a weekly thing now. Yeah. The gayest and straightest things about us. Yeah. This week. Well, I, don't, I went first last time. Why don't you go first okay. this time? Uh, so the gayest thing about me this week is uh, embarrassing, but I guess it, it's just true. Um, I went and saw a colorectal surgeon. I've been seeing him for a while and in a medical way. <laughs> and... Uh, but every time there's this awkward part where we talk about stuff and then he, he says, okay, I'm going to take a look. I mean, it's, it's time, it's examination time. And every time as I'm pulling off my pants and putting my knees to my chest and laying on this bed, I'm thinking, oh my God, d- just, just don't get an erection. <laughs> and then, and then he like lubes up my ass and shoves that anoscope in there. And I'm like, Oh God, don't like it. Oh God, don't like it. Don't, nope, this is terrible. Don't like it. And so the panic attack about that. That's the gayest thing about me this week. Um, I, I've had that too, but like he, he, like when the doctor like lubes up and sticks finger, it's weirder. I think when they ask you the questions during it, it's like his finger is inside you and he's like, so what do you do for work? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> don't talk to me. What do you do for work? <laughs> No digit of yours is inside me. Yeah, yeah. no digit, no instrument, no, no anything. You wait till nothing of yours is inside any part of me. In fact, I'll just leave you a resume. Stop asking questions. <laughs> now is the time when we're silent. Yes. Thanks. Yes. Uh, the straightest thing about me this week, uh, it's been raining quite a bit here in Seattle 
we've had a pretty wet winter and early spring. Not that kind of wet. No, 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 no. Precipitation wet. And I drive a Jeep, and I just fucking love going through puddles. They're big-ass puddles all over Seattle, and I just smash all of them. Water everywhere. I'm really careful not to hit pedestrians, but just this, like, intense, boyish, macho, straight urge to just fucking destroy water puddles is really pretty pretty straight. You you drive like a dude, and I don't totally know what that means, <laughs> but I just think it's true. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, you're back to gay with <laughs> what you just said thank yeah, you. Yes, queen. <laughs> I have never in my life seriously said the phrase yas queen like even coming out of my mouth it sounds like it it feels weird in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> like, you said that <laughs> most um okay mine are my the gayest thing about me i know i'm doing music a second week in a row but i had this moment where me and a friend were walking down the street and we started singing uh, Come On Over Baby by Christina Aguilera. And all of our friends do this, but you know what? When you start singing and it's not just a line or two lines, it ends up like you do the entire song start to finish. Yeah. The fact that me and one of my friends could sing pretty much the entire Come On Over Baby song yeah. with an occasional shimmy here and there, <laughs> I was like, this is so, so gay. gay. Yeah. Did you sing in Spanish? I did not do the Spanish version. Okay. I don't think I've heard the Spanish version. Bien conmigo? That's... I promise there's a Spanish version. Oh, I believe you. She's... Bien conmigo, baby. Christina Aguilar seems like the type of person to record everything in English and Spanish. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Aguilera. <laughs> um, the straightest thing about me... Yeah. I had a straight friend um, over to my place. We were hanging out. And he looked up at the lights that I have... In my place, I, like, hang Christmas lights because I just, I put them up around Christmas and I thought they were cute and I left them there. And he was like, what are those? And I was like, Christmas lights. He's like, why are they there? I was like, I kind of like them. He's like, they look horrible. (laughs) And I had never really thought about it. I was like, I always thought they were cute, but it's one strand on one wall. And it just reminded me, I do not have the decoration gene that so many gay people do. And I, like, I wish I did because I have, my walls are generally very empty, except for a frame picture that I got at Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that shows you the bar of quality. I just. And if it weren't for that picture, there would be, you would have nothing. I would just have a blank. <laughs> wall and I'm too lazy to hang pictures so I place pictures around my apartment as if that counts uh yeah I just I don't I don't have the decoration gene we'll see if maybe they can fix that gene splicing or something yeah maybe I can get gene surgery yeah that's probably a thing for sure yeah but they have to go in rectally I'm sure <laughs> to reach that gene <laughs> um so that's it for this week so you can visit our website, gayishpodcast.com. We would love it if you uh, go to iTunes and subscribe to us. Uh, we also are on Google Play Music, so you can get the podcast there if you have, I don't know what, an Android? Android? Android. Whatever devices 
allow for that. Um, you can listen to us on website as well. And uh, we also have a Facebook group that we started. So if you want a venue where you can go and discuss these kinds of issues, what makes you gay in terms of like, your stereotypes, what you feel straight in terms of stereotypes, go there and check it out and chat with us. Yeah. And if you want to join the Facebook group, then you'll have to email us. No, you can request it in Facebook, and then I will approve you. I will definitely approve you. Okay. 100% approval rate, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we're also on Twitter, at Gayish Podcast. So check us out and be friends with us. Great, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.